This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. We got a great show planned for you. Lots of stuff to cover. DMs always open. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Love to hear from you. Anything you want answered, topics you want covered, something you want us to drop deeper into, let us know. Going to open the show talking about, uh, you know, again, I use different entry points on topics, but they apply to adults and children. You can always pretty much take them out of context. I think that's the beautiful thing about psychology is a lot of these same skill sets that apply to maybe one topic or one population can often, not always, be really kind of universalized. This is one of those. We're going to be talking about how to raise um, young adults, but again, this applies to us adults, uh, around having better habits in relationship to our body. I, I, I've shared this many times because it was such a profound thing. I think I talked about it just last week. Um, how, yeah, I think it was last week. Um, studies show that, you know, back in the forties, fifties, and sixties, people were really working hard on being better people. And now when we look at what people are working on now, and this is research that comes out of conversations, but also journals and diary entries, people just want to be hot, have a good body. We really have our self-worth tied to that materialized, objectified sense of self. Our bodies are important. Why? Well, they get us through the world. So we want to be very thoughtful about taking care of them. Um, also our bodies are part of where our emotions reside. And I'm trying to talk more and more about the importance of being connected to our emotions, uh, our affect with an A as we call it in the field, but also understanding that emotions are communications and they help us understand where we are in the world, what we need. And they also help us really vocalize to others what our needs are. We tend to misunderstand emotions and, um, we really get fouled up in that way, not understanding that our emotions are something we should sit with, digest, really listen to them, talk to them, find out what they're communicating, and then lovingly vocalize that. But instead, we don't know how to regulate ourselves well. All of that to say our bodies are important. However, there's another perspective though, which is what matters more isn't the visual, the aesthetic but that's what we get hung up on about our bodies, not getting more body positive or body neutral, which is really what the work is, caring less about what our bodies look like and instead caring for them because they're vehicles that get us through the world, like I said. There are also ways that we are connected to our emotions, which means there are the ways that we connect to others. We also use our bodies to help co-regulate each other through touch, putting our hand on someone's shoulder with consent, hugging people, cuddling, laying with people. And then of course we use them to express ourselves romantically and erotically. 
All that to say, we need to work from the beginning on raising kids that aren't focused or obsessed on their bodies aesthetically. Too many people fall under the wide, broad category of having disordered eating, but also body dysmorphia, or even worse, forms of body hatred. And all that's really born out of fat phobia. We talk a lot about things like racism, but the larger umbrella issue is white supremacy. That's the umbrella within which racism exists. And fat phobia is the umbrella term within which a lot of our struggles exist. So how do we raise what we would call body positive or more importantly, fat positive kids? What does fat positive mean? Fat positive means we no longer see fat as a bad thing. It's a thing that some people are. A lot of people identify as fat because they are larger bodied. That is how they are formed. That is how they are genetically, or it's even sometimes based on lifestyle or environment. And the key is I am a mental health professional. So my entry point is always looking at people's mental health. And it's very important that everyone, I don't care what's going on. I don't care about someone's mental health. I don't care about, care about their addiction status. I don't care if they're about their body size or shape. I don't care about their sexual orientation or their gender. I don't care about their disability. Everyone has a right to be treated with kindness. Everyone. Just because someone's different, differently bodied, differently minded, has a gender or sexual orientation that you are not familiar with or don't understand or even don't agree with, everyone still has a right to be treated with care and respect. Everyone still has a right to feel safe in this world, but more importantly, safe in their body. No one owes us a certain kind of body. No one has to be thin or have a gym body to be treated with kindness and care. And this is the center point of everything. If we think that certain people aren't worthy of care, well, that opens the door for all sorts of oppression and violence that, uh, that we will all encounter. And we're all just those that are able-bodied. You are right now. Disability and aging and injury might be down the road. Those that have been born with or have worked hard to focus on getting a thin, straight, or gym body, that's not something we can always sustain and hold on to. But a lot of times our ego, our self-worth, our self-esteem, our social position, our identity, our beauty, our worth is sometimes tied in things that we can't always hold on to. Um, so we're gonna come back and talk about how to raise fat, positive kids. That's right, kids that understand fatness and just see it as a difference so that we can all feel safe in our bodies and in the world. Um, so we're gonna be talking about how and why we need to talk to kids about things like fat phobia, thin privilege, weight stigma. We're all in it, y'all. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be doing the DMs. So if you got a DM for us, like I said, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And as always, you can check out past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about how to raise fat, positive kids. What does that mean? It means helping kids understand weight stigma, body shame, thin privilege, fat phobia. Why? Well, because it's much much like why we talk to everyone about trans existence, trans rights, the beauty of trans identity, the beauty of blackness, black joy, black celebration, being proud of being gay and understanding how to be an ally to people that are gay because we live on this planet. And there are trans people, black people, gay people, fat people, disabled people, all sorts of people. <laughs> so whether we ourselves occupy these locales or these identities or social locations, we will encounter them. Even if just on television or at the bus stop or at a concert. So we wanna build a world that's safe for everyone. Who would not agree with that statement? And if you don't agree with that and you think that there are certain types of people that don't have worth or rights, you've got some work to do, kiddo. You really gotta work on empathy. <laughs> and uh, human humanity, humanizing people. There is no one who is not worth, who doesn't have worth and value. So this is important because sadly, the numbers of those that struggle with issues around feeling attractive or body dysmorphia, stigma, the numbers are high and the numbers keep growing. I remember, gosh, this was years and years and years ago. This was over 20 years ago. I was uh, working at a record store, this was a long time ago. I haven't talked about this in a while. And I remember I was in the back of the store and the owner is uh, larger bodied, the owner is fat. And I remember me and him were having a conversation about an upcoming barbecue that I think we were both going to or something. And it was a pool party, it was during the summer. And um, <clears throat> this other individual who's fat bodied was saying, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go. And I, I was shocked at his vulnerability and honesty. He said, I'm not really sure I'm comfortable getting in a bathing suit or taking my shirt off in front of people. Uh, and again, that's understandable because we live in a very fat phobic body shaming culture. Um, this person's body should have no relevance to anyone. That's the kind of world I wanna live in where it's all about, hey, do you feel strong? Are you a good person? Um, like those are the kinds of qualities that should matter, right? And I remember, uh, this is a male, me and this male talking, two males, and I remember a female heard us and she said, wow, I didn't know men thought that way as well. And I thought, well, of course they do. You know, fat phobia, body shame, that is something that is universal and it's gotten worse. I bet she wouldn't say that now. Everyone feels the pressure, um, depends, you know? We want people to be as attractive as possible. We want people that are female identified to be feminine. We want men to be masculine. All of these traits are oppressive and violent. We don't honor the creativity and diversity with which people exist. And um, 
everyone feels that pressure. Men often feel the pressure to be larger bodied, more muscular, to occupy as much space as possible, to be masculine. I don't even know what that word means. Anything a male does is male behavior. Anything a male does is masculinity. These are the stupidest concepts ever because they're about us policing ourselves or policing others to perform something versus just saying, be who you are. Look how you look. And the work is on others just allowing and accepting that. But, but we don't live in that kind of culture. We, all, we want everyone to be conformist and assimilate, look the same. And again, as I always say, that's not mental health. Mental health is living your authentic truth fully. The way that issue shows up in relationships is people not feeling as though they can even express their emotions or their thoughts because they'll be judged, they'll be shamed. People have issues around sexuality, taking their clothes off, being present in their body. You know, one of the greatest signs of sexual confidence is making noises, moving around, just being in your body in the moment. So we gotta really kind of tackle this globally. It's a universal issue. And the more acceptance um, and, and tolerance that we work on within ourselves and within others, the more tolerance and acceptance we have in the world. All threads of oppression tie into e each other. They're all supported by the other threads. Again, the minute someone says that it's not okay to fill in the blank, that is part of the seed from which other problematic things grow because it's still that core concept that there's a right way to be versus someone saying, let people be who and how they are. So we got to start young. These messages are everywhere and they start with our kids. So it's crucial regardless of our children's body shapes and sizes that we talk to them about things like fat phobia, body shame, and weight stigma. Parents need to be doing it actively. It's like when parents say to me, when should we start talking to our kids about sex from birth? from birth because from birth they're encountering themselves touching their bodies feeling pleasure from touching their bodies children children touch themselves in utero children that have penises have erections in utero children start masturbating and rubbing themselves and feeling pleasure from birth and there's nothing wrong with that but we want to talk to them about the fact that yes when you touch your body it feels good but that's not comfortable for a lot of people so we don't do that in public that's something we do at home touch your body as much as you want and enjoy yourself at home but you do it in private and you don't touch other people without permission that's the most fundamental message and we want to add to that things like and your body will grow and change you will develop body hair you will develop fat on your body all bodies are beautiful and we want to care less about how we look. We want to focus more on how we feel about ourselves and how we treat others. So we need to talk about this stuff from the door. Please, from birth, start talking about racism, sexism, homophobia. They're experiencing and seeing it directly and indirectly. 100%, they're around conversations. They're going to school. They're meeting children that are non-binary, trans, gay. These things are loud and proud. We need to celebrate it. But right now we're focusing more on just bodies. And we want to talk to kids about be a good person, worry more about that. But again, the messages come from everywhere, TV shows, movies, children's books. Um, 2018, there's a study. Researchers analyzed, uh, what is it right here? I'm reading this, 31 of the top grossing children's movies that was over the past three years. And they found that weight shaming comments existed in 84% of them. 84% of the top grossing children's films over the course of three years had body shaming in there. You don't think kids hear that? They don't think the kids see what, what, what character in that cartoon is ignored or made fun of? They do. Got to take a little break. We're going to come back and keep talking about this. This stuff starts young. If we paid attention to what our kids are watching and listening to, we'll hear it. 
All right, we're going to do that. And then, of course, we'll be sliding to those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we are back and I'm breaking my own heart looking at some of this information and studies. We are talking today, you know, we're using the entry point of uh, fat phobia and fat shame, but we're really able to employ and, and um, excuse me, implement the use of any kind of oppression. You could really take out every time I say the word fat and implant trans queerness, disability, because it's really about how do we talk to kids? How do we start changing on a macro level, all these problematic messages? And before the break, I was sharing a study with y'all. This stuff hurts my heart, wondering why we got to start young talking to kids about what we call fat positive. What does fat positive mean? Well, it means that everyone has a right to care and respect and whether or not someone's body is small sized, straight sized, as we sometimes say, or gym bodied or athletic or fat, you treat them with kindness and care, period. And you keep your mouth shut because that's what I want the takeaway to really be that we need to remind people don't talk about people's bodies. That was a lesson I had to learn a long time ago. You tell someone you look great, you lost weight. Well, number one, you're telling them, I need you to look that way to get compliments. So you're already walking them into an eating disorder and letting them know that their worth is tied to their beauty or looking a certain way. That's not good. Number two, you never know why someone lost weight or gained weight. It might be due to, I don't know, an eating disorder, cancer, depression, alcoholism. Like we, it's not necessarily a good thing. So we don't want to say you lost weight, you gained weight, mind your, mind your business. If you're worried about someone say things like that, I'm worried about you. Are you okay? And if they want to talk to you, they'll talk to you, but we have to hold back our anxiety and stop commenting on people's bodies. But I was sharing a study before the break that said that, um, again, listen to these numbers, 84% of children's movies, 84% of the 31 top grossing children's movies over the course of three years, 2012 to 2015, 84% of them had weight shaming comments. I don't want my child, if I had one, listening to that. I don't want my adult friends listening to that. I don't want my adult friends, regardless of their body shape or size, but especially the people in my life that I care about that are fat, because there's nothing wrong with saying that word. We don't want to call people that word. Not everyone is identifying that way, but all of my friends that are larger bodied identify as fat. It's a body shape and size. It's a political term, but yes, some people, it still feels like an attacker or pejorative, so we're not using that to label anyone because we're not labeling anyone based on their bodies. We're not talking about people's bodies anymore. That's how we are trauma-informed. That's how we are mental health-focused. That's how we are ethical and kind. But that's why this topic is important, why we need to start with kids, having them understand these kinds of things. So let's look at another one, a study from 2020 found that in kids' TV shows, fat characters were more likely to be portrayed as bad guys than good guys. Well, then it makes it no surprise that one out of three five-year-old girls, one out of three, okay, that's a very high number, out of five-year-old girls who were surveyed as part of a study in 2015 said that they were actively trying to restrict their eating in order to be thin. Y'all, that is five-year-olds. One out of three five-year-olds should not be restricting their eating in order to be thin. That is our fault. We as a culture, as parents, as individuals, as filmmakers, as TV writers, as actors and actresses, we have communicated the idea that we should be focusing on our body shape and size and that that determines our worth and our attractiveness. That is not healthy and that's actually not true. Health exists at every size. You can be fat and healthy and you can be small sized and unhealthy. 
Why does that matter to me? Well, because it's personal. My own personal life has lived up to that truth. My father was lean, so he assumed he was healthy. Little did we know he had heart issues, but he was small-sized, so we assumed that meant he was healthy. And he died out of the blue of a heart attack. So yes, this issue is personal to me, and I will and I will fight anyone <laughs> verbally who tries to deny that that your body shape and size don't tell us your your health status. No doctor says don't come in. Just just text me a picture of yourself shirtless, and I'll know if you're healthy or not because it doesn't work that way. Just because you are fat or larger body does not mean you are unhealthy. Just because you're small size doesn't mean you're healthy. I also had to learn that lesson personally, not just because my dad died. But because I, who go to the gym five days a week, and most people would deem me to have an athletic gym body, I found out that I had severe heart health issues, one of them being dangerously high blood pressure related to my vegan diet. Because I thought if I'm eating vegan, I'm inherently healthy. But what I didn't realize is if you eat food that comes out of a box or from a restaurant, it is loaded with dangerous levels of sodium and salt. And I had to completely change my diet. I'm still plant-based because we know that plant-based eating is the healthiest. There's no cholesterol in the plant kingdom, lower levels of saturated fat, et cetera, et cetera. But I was slowly killing myself and I would have been my dad dying at a young age of a heart attack because I thought if I have visible abs, I'm good. And that's not true. Again, health exists at every size. If you want to learn more, research E, I'm sorry, research H E A S, health at every health exists at every size. It's a powerful movement. And if you're working with a nutritionist, please see an anti-diet dietitian. We know that 99% of diets fail and that the the danger isn't being larger bodied. It's in the yo-yo dieting and the impact it has on you. But that's outside the scope of today's show. I'm just talking about the mental health component and how we have to normalize all different kinds of bodies being full of worth, value, beauty, and also health. And we're going to take a break, but let's also throw in there, make sure I say it. We don't use the word obese anymore. That's also considered a pejorative. So let's remove that from our vocabulary. But we're going to take a break, do some DMs. We're going to keep talking about this. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Come on, y'all know that by now, right? Put them in there. Questions, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. Always anonymous and confidential. And unless you feel like dropping your first name in there, we're always happy to hear from you. Um, and also remember, there's no stupid questions, truly. Anything you're pondering or struggling with is is reasonable to reach out about, but also in bringing these topics up and in, it helps other people learn a lot as well. So, all right, let's get to it. Uh, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, lately... I'm noticing that a lot of my friends are going through depression. Oh, I know. And it's making me feel like I'm wrong for being happy. Gosh, look at that, right? Happy shame. Uh, makes me feel like I'm wrong for being happy and not having depression or anxiety. I mean, I have those things from time to time, but it's not as severe and for as long as theirs is. It makes me not want to hang out with them because my mood is brought down. Ah, there it is. And we never really do anything fun that we used to. I'm supportive and I'm there but is it okay to do this from a distance? I think it, I think it's mandatory. I do. You know, it's always that dichotomy where being a healthy, kind friend is being present to our friends, you know, even in their more difficult times, but our mental health matters as much and our mental health can't be taken out based on someone else's struggle. 
So this becomes like a wider topic. I think it's okay for someone to say to another person, hey, listen, um, thank you for reaching out. I, I want to be there to help you. I'm having a really hard day or a hard week myself. I'm not really grounded enough to help you. Can you reach out to someone else? Is there anyone else you can talk to? We're allowed to set a boundary. We don't have to let our mental health tank if we're struggling because someone needs us. It's healthy boundaries. We have to be allowed to do that. And in your example, it's not as severe as that, right? You're there at times for your friends and you're helping them, but I appreciate that it's very hard to be around depressed people constantly. And you shouldn't be. I want you to also have access to friends that are thriving and having full, you know, a lot of joy in their lives as well. It's not selfish, that's self-care, that's mental health. I know after sitting all week with clients' struggles and their journeys, on the weekends, I often only wanna be around people that are high functioning and doing well. I, I'm burnt out and depleted and my nervous system is depleted from sitting in a lot of difficult material during the week. In fact, I mandate, it's mandatory for my interns that work under me that their weekends are full of fun and joy and leisure. I tell them do nothing but have fun this weekend. I want you to do no work, no reading, no heavy lifting, sleep in, eat all the candy in the world, go to the movies, have a lot of sex, masturbate, whatever it is, fun and joy, that's resilience. And I tell them, we, our mental health is dependent upon the mental health of those around us. We wanna make sure we have people that are functioning well, thriving. We need that. Our mental health needs that. Our nervous system needs that. There's nothing selfish about that. We can be present with our friends sometimes, but we also need to counteract that. And so even if you said you weren't doing that, I'm telling you, you need to do that. So you're naturally doing the right thing. You are not you know, being a bad friend by taking time away, taking time apart. People in committed relationships need to do that. If you're living with someone or dating someone who's always struggled with mental health issues, you need time apart and away from that as well to restore yourself, to anchor yourself. We can't constantly live in that. Just because someone else is, it's not helpful that we are as well. So I, I really value that question. I think, there's, I think there's a lot of kindness in that for self and even others. We can't be there for them if we're not there for ourselves. Think about how we show up if we don't have the energy and the focus. Um, just your mere question has so much care in it. That's why I'm not worried because your question has so much empathy at its core. I don't want to be a bad person. I don't want to be selfish. So I'm not concerned that you would be. You're very thoughtful. There's a consciousness in that. I worry about people that don't use words like that or question that because we need to be questioning that. Like, how am I showing up to those around me? So uh, thanks for your question. Like I said, those questions come from our DMs, our Loveline IG page, follow us back, drop your questions in there, and past episodes of the show. Head over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it, they're all there. You can binge, post, share, re-listen, because the work is about repetition. That's how we really make these thoughts ours. And we gotta work on changing. We, actually, the work of mental health is unlearning, unlearning a lot of the problematic messaging we've gotten. So Loveline's a way to do that. Um, repetition, that's what helps us really make these tools ours and internalize them. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break. We'll be back, and then later in the show, we'll be closing out with some more DMs. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. Woof, thank God for that DM break. The one before it, I was threatening to fight people. I meant it just vocally, verbally. So this topic is serious to my heart. We're talking about why we need to raise fat, positive kids. I was sharing before the break how this has touched me, that I lost my father due to fat phobia. What does that mean? Well, my dad was not fat. 
And the way it indirectly impacted him was he thought, well, I'm smaller bodied, so I'm healthy. Nope, he wasn't. He had heart issues and died of a heart attack. I also thought the same thing because I'm smaller bodied. Nope, turned out I had dangerously high blood pressure and some heart health issues. Just because you're larger body does not mean you're unhealthy. Just because you're smaller size does not mean you are healthy. Health exists at every size. And we need to get away from this idea that we can tell someone's worth or value based on their body shape or size. And I'm, we're saying, I'm telling everyone, we got to start young with this stuff. I was reading to you guys a bunch of studies about the amount of anti, um, anti-fat biases and focuses on people's body shape and size and how five-year-old girls are restricting their eating. That means we have failed as a culture. This is a cultural issue. We are all responsible for this. I'm constantly seeing body shaming billboards. That's a mess. So I tell people, if you want to work on nutrition, that's awesome. See a nutritionist with that, that doesn't do diets, an anti-diet dietitian. Diets fail and they lead to health complications. 99% of diets fail, we know that. Also, if you're gonna work with a personal trainer, find a body positive trainer that won't work with you on weighing yourself. We don't need to weigh ourselves, that's dangerous. We don't need to know that, that doesn't tell us anything. Your trainer should be working with you on flexibility, movement, and strength, working on the increasing the density in your bones, which is what weight-bearing exercise does. Cardiovascular health and fitness, it doesn't matter what you look like with your shirt off or your body fat percentage or your weight, those things are about aesthetics. And we're trying to get away from that. This is how we are mental health focused. I want us to take that seriously. We don't need to look a certain way. We just need to move our bodies. We need to eat foods that make us feel good. But remember, food is more than just about health. Food is also joy. Food is also culture. Food is also celebration. Food is also romantic. Food is also family. We go out to eat, to spend time with friends, to try new restaurants, to have a fun weekend, to go on a date, to maybe break bread with someone we care about and catch up with a family member, to celebrate our culture. For some, it's an art. You see some of the things people can make. <clears throat> so it's not just you know calories in, calories out. Oh my God, that's not mental health focus. Food means more than that. I want people to eat. I want them to eat what they want to eat. But we do need to be thoughtful. So let's get into how we start to raise kids that are starting to look at, well, let me say it differently. How do we raise kids that will not be internalizing this horrible messaging and will also grow up to help change the world and make it safer? And we want to be doing that now. So what are the things we need to think about? Because again, as I'm, we're talking a lot about, there's so much anti-fat bias. It's harmful for our health and kids are being made to feel pressure to look a certain way leads to depression and eating disorders at smaller and smaller ages. We know from all the research that trying to make your body smaller does not work for the majority of people. And in fact, leads to worse issues. That is a topic we've talked about and you can do your own research on that. But knowing that we are bombarded by, as our children, especially fat phobic messages all the time, we gotta work really hard to push back on that. Like I said, this topic applies to everything. So you can translate the word fat into gay, translate the fat into trans, translate the word fat into disability. And we're gonna be talking about all the different ways we can work on changing our relationship to pathologizing, mocking, and putting down being different. So how do we start to do this work? Well, the first one is use everyday examples of fat phobia to start conversations with your kids. So the next time you're reading something, something comes on the news in a song, in a movie, and it's fat phobic, maybe a character puts someone down because of their shape or size, or a villain is always put in a larger body, take a moment and start a conversation around it. Make it even a game. 
say to your kids, let's try to call out some fat phobia in this movie. Let's call out some anti-gay messaging. Let's call out transphobia. Let's call out the policing of women's identities. There's so many ways we can approach this. But right now, let's talk about the body shape and size. Call it out. Call it out. Talk about it when you hear it and say, that's not, that's not okay. That's not kind. Here's why. Talk about the bullying. Talking about how that person's still a good person with worth and value. If you see someone portrayed in that way or you see someone being talked to that way, shut it down, stop it. Train your kids to intervene. We are all responsible for this, but you need to start pointing it out. You'll be shocked how often you hear it. But pause it and make it a little learning lesson with your child. You will be shocked when you hear how often it happens. I can't tell you, I'm so sensitive to this stuff and I can't get through a day without hearing it multiple times. Yes, I live in Los Angeles. It's more prevalent. It's also more profound. But this happens and exists everywhere. So again, you know, we're going to take a break in a minute. Stop, stop the tape, pull, a, pull the car over, turn down the music, and just say to your child, did you hear that? And you can say to them, that's not okay. We don't talk like that. That person has worth and value. That person has feelings. You can say to your child, how do you think you would feel if, if someone said that about you because of, you know, how tall you are or what you're wearing or your hair? It doesn't feel good. And I would also train your kids to not only stop others when they're talking that way, but to befriend the people that are marginalized. All right, we got to take a little break, and then we're going to come back and keep talking about how to raise fat, positive kids, because fat positivity is an important part of dismantling other forms of oppression and violence. And then, of course, we'll be closing out the show by doing some DMs. So if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about how to raise kids that are fat positive, which means we are moving away from anti-weight stigma, uh, body negativity, talking about people's bodies, shaming some for someone for their body shape and size. For those that are just joining us, if you want to understand why this is important, just going to keep dropping these same two facts on you because they were profound for me, that uh, looking at the 31 top grossing children's films from 2012 to 2015, again, the 30 top grossing children's films, 84% of them had weight shaming comments, which is why we're not surprised when we look at another study that showed that one out of three five-year-olds, five-year-old girls in 2015 said that they were actively trying to restrict their eating in order to be thin. That is so not okay that five-year-olds are already being walked into eating disorders. And we have a lot of men, I see them all the time in LA, overtraining, afraid to go out to eat at a restaurant, overtraining, restricting their eating, having binge days, which we call cheat days, starving themselves, which we call intermittent fasting, all sorts of mess. And that's disordered eating. Yeah, all in the pursuit of looking the way we think we're supposed to look so that we're aesthetically pleasing to others. That is not what our lives are supposed to be centered around, our body shape and size. It's supposed to be centered around how we feel, the impact we're having on others. So we're talking about how to start raising our kids differently because that's where this begins. So the second thing we want to do is starting, start modeling body acceptance or body neutrality. We can do that based on how we talk about ourselves. Also by reading our kids' books and showing them media. Luckily, those things are now available. There's a time when you couldn't really find that. So let's start with ourselves. We want to be thoughtful about how we talk about ourselves, our bodies, and others' bodies, and other people's weight around in front of our kids. Please do not normalize saying things like, I feel fat, or I'll get fat. Please stop normalizing certain foods being seen as good foods or bad foods. We don't want to set them up to have disordered eating. 
If you are constantly talking about your weight and your body, your child will internalize that. You are giving them a lens through which they will see themselves and others. We want to really make them educated about that. But again, we also want to make sure we are countering all the messaging. 84% of the children's films that were top grossing had messaging that was bad. We need to counter that. We need to talk to them and read them books and show them films that have people in larger bodies that are being treated well or, or are even seen as aesthetically pleasing and are thriving. I love, I love when we get to see athletes with all different body shapes and sizes. ESPN magazine, uh, was it ESPN? Do they have a magazine? One of those sports-related magazines started to feature all the diverse body shapes and sizes in their female athletes, showing the strength and power that these different bodies had. I remember reading an article about a fitness model um, who was an actual athlete. They were a baseball player, I think. And for the cover, they were starving themselves and dehydrating themselves. And in the article, they were talking about how even in an athletic magazine, they didn't feel like they could just have and show the athletic body they have. They felt the need to starve themselves, which is like completely the opposite of what that whole spread was supposed to be about. It was supposed to showcase what different athletic bodies looked like. And one of them felt a pressure to perform a certain kind of body. That's not good, but there's a lot of great body, uh, a lot of great books. So two books that came recommended highly are one is called Bodies Are Cool. That's by Tyler uh, Fetter and also another one called The Big Bathhouse. And I know for some of our listeners, they're like, yo, I think I, I think I read that one. No, no, we don't mean the adult version. A lot of people think they saw that film. We don't mean the adult film. We mean the child's book. Um, another one called Dances With Fat. That's a blog. Love that. Children need exposure to diverse ways of being, 100%. Uh, what are some other things we can do to start to battle this at home and out in the world? Well, if your child makes comments, shut them down. Talk to them about the harm that that creates. Talk to them about where they learn that. Talk to them about acceptance, treating everyone kindly, not talking about people's bodies, not treating someone differently because of how they look or move through the world or an ability or disability or because of their gender presentation. Just go to kindness. It's amazing how kindness can help with everything. We don't want to shame kids, but we want to make it a teaching lesson. It's a beautiful lesson to learn because they're hearing this out in the world all the time. Um, and if your child, I can't even speak tonight. If your child is a target of it themselves, well, then it's really going to be important to reinforce the idea that body shape and size doesn't matter. Help them learn positive affirmations for their body. Don't deny the fact they're in, that they're in a larger body. If they're in a larger body, they, they have a larger body. That might be the body they have for the duration of their life. We don't want them to have to feel shame about it by telling them, oh, you're not larger bodied. Well, maybe your child is larger bodied or fat. And part of accepting themselves is accepting that. Just like if your child is trans or gay, it's not about having silence around that or hushing them. We want to get them more confident using those terms and in fact, celebrate those things. Help them understand how their body is better or more beautiful because of the shape, size, or ability or disability they have. There are strengths to these things. Find them, celebrate them. But again, like how you interact with your own body and others' bodies in front of them and what you do when these negative comments are made is really going to impact how they see that. And we got to start from the door with sex ed, with body positivity, and with acceptance of diversity. And I'm really glad that schools are now starting to talk a little bit about these things because that's where a lot of this bullying begins and a lot of the misinformation is, is starting. Um, so 
you know, maybe even talk to the teachers about that. Like how gender safe is your classroom? How body positive is this classroom? Are you understanding, you know, fat positivity, health at every size? Or, you know, will the school or the teacher be shaming and, and, and glamorizing thinness? This is a mental health issue. It's a lot, of, you know, it's also health health, but this is starts with the mental health piece. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break and we'll be back. Uh, DMs, always open. We'll be closing out the show with those. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Any question you got, we got answers, topic you want covered, something you want us to circle back to, bam, drop it in there. And uh, past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. They're all there. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Um, you know, it's all about the internalization through repetition. So otherwise, though, stick around. More to come, lots of good stuff. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back, and we're talking about how to be more fat positive because fat fat negativity exists everywhere, and uh, we all would benefit, and uh, we want to build a world that's safe for everyone. You know, we're taught from birth a lot of fat negative attitudes, be, you know, comments about having to look a certain way, always having to be attractive to others. Um, it does a lot of damage. So we're talking about ways to challenge that. We talked about speaking out, bringing in better materials, being thoughtful about how you talk about yourself in front of your children. Also, a lot of this also happens at the doctor's office, um, telling your child that they don't necessarily need to be weighed if they're not comfortable being weighed, talking to that your doctor about not making your child's health be determined based on just the number on a scale, and that health means a lot more than that. Um, body positive books. Also for adults, make sure you're dating and having sex with fat positive people. Stop forming and maintaining relationships with people that maybe shame or attack your own body. And this is for all of us. Um, so I think it's important for those that are fat bodied to have community and resources around them. So think about that. If your child is fat or larger bodied, you might want to start helping them build some community. Just like if your child is gay or trans, you want to help connect them to community as well. If you're any kind of marginalized or oppressed identity, it's going to be important that you see yourself reflected back in others, that you have a social network that is experiencing a lot of the same issues and can help support you and build you up. And again, let you see that you have worth and value. Introduce your kids, whether through media or in real time, people that are larger bodied and fat that are successful and thriving. Show them all the larger bodied models. I love all the kids with disabilities seeing models with disabilities, whether it's through skin or there are wheelchair users, all sorts of stuff. It's so profound. And larger, larger body people need that as well. So start in front of your child celebrating your body as, as, you, as you age. Also, we need to honor the beauty of aging bodies. Let's also start cutting that off at the knees, not having people develop into fear of aging, getting rid of these concepts of being anti-aging. You can't be anti-aging. We're all aging. And finding the beauty and value in that. Um, also for adults, I say things like watch porn that features people with different types of body shapes and sizes. So as to see that represented, to also find eroticism and value in that. Stop dieting. Stop putting your body through that. Work on intuitive eating, eating when hungry, stopping when full, and fully enjoying foods, not calling some foods good, some foods bad. We got to get rid of food phobia. Um just setting boundaries. What else? Loving representations. Understanding that someone's worth as a person isn't tied to what they look like. We talked about buying fat positive books. I also think it's time for us to stop watching and boycott movies and things that have bigoted representations of fat people. 
Um, a lot of the people in the industry talk about things like fat suits, making fun of fat people, always making the you know fat character the one that's lonely or dateless or shy. But instead, let's build in characters where fat people are thriving and seen as beautiful because they are and having successful lives. But until we fully construct that world, we're going to have to be dealing with it as it comes. But we need to start raising our kids a certain way from birth. I work with a lot of individuals who don't feel good about themselves because of how they look, again, because of their gender presentation or because of a disability or because of them being fat. And these are amazing people. And it's the world that needs the, the change, not this individual, but this individual thinks the problem is them. And they come into my office and think somehow once a week, we can change what they think is a problem in them when I have to remind them, this is a social issue. This is a systemic issue. And we also, we, have to, we also have to work on changing the world and creating a safer world so that there's a trickle down effect and that these people don't have to come in thinking it's an individual issue. A lot of mental health issues are systemic issues. You know, someone not feeling okay about being gay, that's rooted in homophobia. That's an issue with straight people. Straight people create homophobia that then gay people have to work through. Fat people don't create fat phobia. Non-fat people do. And it is on non-fat people to stop that so that fat people aren't victimized by it. See how that works? Again, let's use another example. Trans people, they're okay with themselves. It's that we have transphobia. And so they're in therapy trying to work through and fi figuring out how to feel okay in their bodies in our transphobic culture. So it is on cisgendered people to do that work. Just like it's on white people to help end white supremacy so that black people aren't having to battle racism anymore. Racism, racism is not an issue with black people. Transphobia is not an issue with trans people. Homophobia is not an issue with gay people themselves. It's in the wider world who's creating that and sustaining that. Let's really make it our job to pick at least, at least one thread of oppression that we will always call out and work on dismantling. At least one. I'm on board for dismantling all of them whenever they come in my path. Always. But let's at least choose one. At least. So at least you know that your legacy on this planet is rooted in some positive form of dismantling these issues. It's the least we can do. You know, um, all right. So when we come back, we're going to slide into those DMs. So uh, got a DM for us. Bam. Drop in the DMs on our Loveland at G page questions, topics, whatever you got. We want to hear from you because as you're helping someone else with your question, you're helping you, you're helping them. We all learn from it, you know, and uh, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, click on Loveline. Bam. They're all there. Binge, post, share, we listen, but uh, stick around. We got more to come. Uh, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, more to come. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I feel like my partner is starting to turn to external validation way too much. It's kind of bothering me. All right, we're going to get a little deeper into this, but um, worry about, why are you worried about that? Mind yourself, mind your biz. You know what I mean? Like, why is that, why is that bothering you? Uh, they're constantly making content. Ah, here it comes, time away. Talking about TikTok followers, the latest trends, which I supported at the beginning, but now I feel like it's too much, but I can't go back and not be supportive. I mean, I guess you can, but is there a way I can bring it up that I think it's affecting our relationship? but still be supportive. Yeah, by saying it like that, hey, I worry about not being supportive because I want to be, I care about you, and I see how exciting and interesting all this is. However, I think sometimes it gets in the way of our relationship. That is exactly how you say it. Because there's nothing wrong with letting someone know how something's impacting you or the relationship. All healthy relationships have to be able to allow for discussion about how we're impacting each other. When we're in a relationship, we're a feedback loop. What you do impacts me, what I do impacts you period. And that thereby letting us have the right to weigh in on that. <laughs> we have to, because it is about us, what our partners do. We are fused. For in a secure, functioning, attached relationship, we fuse. It's a merger. Brains and nervous systems hooked. We get infected with each other. That is the goal, <laughs> actually. That's what the attachment system is built to do when we're children and as adults. So please bring it up. I worry again about couples that don't have the, the relational strength to talk about difficult things, but this shouldn't be difficult because you're not telling them what they're doing is bad or wrong because it's not. Um, they're allowed to be as invested as they want in followers and trends. That's, that's, their, that's for them. There's nothing wrong with that inherently. But if something's getting, away in, uh, getting in the way of your relationship, maybe it's an intimacy buffer because they're always on it. Yes, weigh in on that. Hey, when we're spending quality time together, our phone should be off and sitting on a table across the room. When you are having date night or quality time together, there should be no technology in sight. We are together because intimacy is built with time together, touch, and eye contact. And if we're both on our phones near each other, you're just near each other. You're in proximity. You are not building intimacy. That is not meaningful time together. That does not count. Just like watching a movie together, it's a little better because we are having a shared experience, which means we're experiencing the same thing, and that's a goal. When we're on our phones separately, we're not having a shared experience, and we're not accessible to each other. So watching a show together, a movie's better because it's shared and we're accessible, but ideally there's time spent where we're walking, out having food, sitting on the couch together where there's nothing, there's no intimacy blocker and we're just sitting there looking at each other. How was your day? Tell me. Or hey, come here, I wanted to tell you something that I was thinking about. Those are important, valuable moments. So yes, if your partner's always on their phone in any free given moment, you have a right to weigh in and say, hey, it's really blocking our intimacy. I would love to be able to connect with you more and share experiences with you. So when we go to shopping, let's leave our phones in the car. 
We don't need our phones on us when we're shopping. There was many decades where people only had landlines. It wasn't possible to even imagine that. And the world survived. Leave your phones in the car. You do not need your phone with you while you're shopping. You shouldn't be bringing your phones with you even into the restaurant because it means we might pick it up. If you happen to bring it, stack them on the end of the table, but you should leave your phones in the car. You do not need a cell phone with you to be scrolling while you're on a date or with your friends at a restaurant or shopping. That's offensive. Truly, but in a romantic relationship, dear God, we have to be able to re- you know, access each other. So please bring it up. I demand you bring it up. <laughs> I want your relationship to be able to handle topics like that, but more importantly, you miss intimacy. So you're not criticizing. Don't frame it as a critique or criticism. Frame it as a request. I would love to have more access to you. I'd love to spend more intimate time with you. And we can't do that if we're on these technologies, phones, laptops, things like that, while we're together. And so there's a place for that, but when we're spending date and other quality time together, we have to be able to ask for each other to be present in certain ways. So good luck with that. It's really important for all of us. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow, so join us then. Past episodes, as always, over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll on, head on over there, scroll down, look for the show, click on it. Everything you need is there, and uh, drop us a little line in the DMs. Questions you got for us, topics you want us to cover. We're always happy to hear from you. Lots of things to cover. The world of mental health is wide and vast. But uh, spend the rest of the night being kind to yourselves, being kind to everyone else. Tons of self-care, a little bit more joy, a lot more rest. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. Enjoy the rest of your night. As my dad used to say, have fun, y'all, but be cool. All right, good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.